1: Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Nashville Predators Edition, also the second checking out the competition of the Scott Gordon post-Dave Haxtell era, where everything is exciting and good for now, so we're going to enjoy it. Um, I am joined today by Kate from On the Forecheck. She's the interim managing editor there at On the Forecheck, which is, of course, the Nashville Predators blog on the SB Nation Network. Kate, how are you doing today? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thank you again for joining me to do this. Um, I'm just going to dive right into the questions. So um, we here in Philadelphia have had coaches on our mind for the last, oh, I don't know, three-ish years. Understandable. Um, Yeah. So now that things are getting a little wild over here, I figured I'd ask you guys about your seemingly extremely stable coaching situation with our old friend, Peter LaViolette. Um, It always seemed like, at least when he was in Philadelphia, and I think a bit before that as well, that he was the kind of coach, sort of like a John Tortorella type of coach, who just after a while kind of wears out his welcome with whatever team he's coaching. Like, for whatever reason, his brand of crazy starts to not work anymore, and he has to move on to a new team. Um, but he has been your coach for quite a while now. What is it, four years, three years?
0: Um, Gosh, let's see. He... He arrived about the same time I did, um, although obviously in a much more official capacity. <laughs> um, so that would have been the start of the fourteen fifteen 15 season. Okay. So yeah, four years.
1: Yeah, four years, which is a long time for any NHL coach at this point. Um, what do you think it is about the mix of the Nashville Predators and Peter LaViolette that's working so well?
0: Um, I think a lot of it is – I think some of it is that he got there – at the right time for the team to have a lot of successes, you know, his first first season with them, he got them back to the playoffs. Or part of it might have been they helped get themselves back to the playoffs because that was also Philip Forsberg's first season, and he's obviously um, very good. He's one of the best forwards the Preds have had in a long, long time. Um, and then the season after that, they made it you know, they were one game away from getting to the third round, the, uh, the Western conference finals. And then the season after that, they actually made it to the Stanley cup final. And the season after that, they got bounced in the second round, but they won the president's trophy. You know, it's been, things have been going well. Some of that, you know, I'm sure some of that is coaching. I'm sure that, you know, some random person not have walked in off the street and had the same thing happen but i think the timings helped the fact that the results have been good and sometimes you know the you can be a fantastic coach and just not have the right players
1: yeah and Um, and was his problem in philadelphia that not a lot of people want to admit at this point because he's found so much so much success after us um you really do need to have the mix of coach and players and it seems to be the right one for you guys
0: but I think you know some of it is also just the Nashville Predators have only had two head coaches yeah. in their entire time as an NHL franchise. Barry Trotz was with the Preds from when they got started in 1998 to when the uh, when the season ended in 2014. So David Poyle doesn't really go through head coaches very quickly. Mm -hmm. so some of it's you know the results have been good there's been no obvious reason to fire him but I think even I think even if there were it would be something that David Poyle might be slower to do than some other NHL GMs are Mm
1: -hmm. yeah I mean it's it's hard to argue with the results the team has been very good for a very (laughs) long time so it's you you're probably not going to want to mess with that, but um, one of the things that seems to be an issue for you guys this season in particular is injuries, and I guess one of the biggest ones is the loss of PK Subban for a pretty significant amount of time. Um, on a team with a defense as stacked as yours, I think that's kind of like the thing with the Nashville Predators is that they have like five number one defensemen.
0: Um, not anymore. They <laughs> traded Seth Jones a couple of years okay. ago.
1: True. Um, but four. Have you have you felt that the team has been able to fill that void, or is there just really no replacing a guy like Subban?
0: Um, I I think that they've been. I think that they're a lot better equipped to fill that void than you know certain other teams would be. There there are definitely teams in the NHL where losing Subban would just be all right. We're yeah. we're gonna start yeah. watching Jack Hughes highlight videos. <laughs> um. I think the Preds are a lot better equipped to handle that kind of injury. I do think that it's, it's been a little bit rough. We're definitely looking forward to having him back. Um, But he'd also, I do think, I feel like he was probably playing hurt this season before he actually left. There were, there were a couple of games where they dressed seven defenders. um, Or maybe it was only one game where they dressed seven defenders, Uh, but there were, two games where he left partway through the game Mm. um and then he went on injured reserve but even before that he had not he hadn't been playing up to his usual standard this season you know he was still good yeah I'm I'm not saying he was bad (laughs) but if you're comparing him to what you would expect from him some other season it wasn't it wasn't Quite the performance that we would have expected and that makes not having that a little bit easier to deal with just because he wasn't he wasn't playing as well as he does when he's healthy
1: I guess that makes sense that's that's actually pretty interesting um to think about because a lot of these guys do play hurt for a little while before they actually remove themselves from the lineup so yeah I guess if you're looking at like 30 percent pk suban as opposed to 100 pk suban losing 30 percent pk is probably not as yeah we wouldn't hurt as much as losing 100 pk suban but like i said it, he's not the only guy um there have been a lot of big names for you guys that have gone down um, just to fill everybody in arvidson kyle turris um forsberg he spoke about earlier um but through all that i mean those are obviously like i said big names talented guys who for a lot of teams, if they lost any one of them, not to mention some of them altogether or in succession, um, it would spell a lot of trouble for the team, and they would probably take a bit of a nosedive, but it doesn't seem like the Preds have. Um, Do you think that's just because they are such a deep team generally, or have there been guys who have stepped up in the void that you didn't really expect to?
0: Um, It's been some... Six of one, half dozen of another, and the schedule has also played a role Mm. because the Predators have actually not won a game on the road since Arvidsson, who was the first of those forwards to get injured, got injured. Um, He was injured on November 10th. They have not won a road game since then. Oh. Um, So they've had a lot. I think they've had the second most home games in the NHL so far this season, Um, And the schedule has really been favoring them because they have been able to win at home, even with the um, even with the injuries, but on the road they've just they've really struggled even against bad teams. Um, The last couple of games that we have watched them play in they have lost to the Vancouver Canucks. And to the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, who had lost uh, nine of their last 10 going into that meeting.
1: Oh, boy, that's always fun.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So the, um, the road games have just been bad. It's the home games where they've been managing to pull things together. And that goes back to, you know, La Violette doing good things as a coach, because you get a lot more of that when you're at home. You have last change. You can set the matchups figure out what you're doing get the most out of what you have available um Tekarine has been fantastic this season he's uh the last couple of games have been a little bit rough but overall this season he's probably been playing better hockey than he did last year when he won the wow. Vezina wow um he's just he's been really good and he's been buckling a little under the a complete absence of coherent play in front of him <laughs> with like I said all of the injuries um but he's he's been helping hold the team in games um the a couple of the forwards have stepped up and been producing um Kyle Turris finally got back mm-hmm. two games ago I want to say but for a while it was all three of them out Um, The problem is that one of the forwards who has been producing in the absence of Forsberg and Arvidsson and for a while, Turris, was Colton Sissons, who may, he left um, Tuesday's game with what looked like an ankle injury, and we have not gotten an update as of Wednesday night.
1: Oh boy. So
0: they just keep coming. Wow, um, Ryan Johansson has very quietly um, been very strong offensively. Um, he's been the Preds' most reliable um, forward in terms of offensive production, even with both of his regular wingers out on the injured reserve. Um, Roman Yossi and Matthias Ekholm have been contributing offensively. Um, so that's that's one of those cases where. The Preds having the defense core they do really helps not so much not so much defensively, which has been interesting this season, um, but offensively, you know, being able to get contributions from people who aren't the forwards when all of the forwards are broken. Um, that's been helpful. Yeah. Um, and you know, a couple, a couple of the more regular top six players, Craig Smith has been. Producing, um, I, I don't know if I'd say he's stepped up exactly, but he's been he's been doing his thing. He's been fine. Um, Kevin Fiala has been alternating between very good and very bad, averaging <laughs> out to doing fine. Okay, yeah. Um, Nick Menino has been pretty good. I I had some doubts about that signing. I do still yeah. have some doubts about that signing, but he's been he's been better than I would have expected this season. So that's something.
1: So you mentioned Pecorine there a bit back and um, yeah. So the thing that I find the most interesting about the national predators right now is that you guys have one of the few consistently outstanding gold hunters in the league. He's pretty much in the Vezina conversation every single season for good reason. However, you also have this backup who is quite good and it seems to be causing like a little bit of, Maybe drama, maybe that's just from the outside. It seems like it, but I,
0: I think it's just from the outside. There's yeah. been, there's really been no sense of drama from anything that we've seen from a more I mean, obviously, we're not in the room, we're not yeah. anywhere like that. But uh, Rene and Saras really have or seem to have um kind of a mentor mentee relationship. Yeah. Saras actually know. stayed with Rene for a while when he first came to Nashville. Um, they by, by all accounts, they get along great. Um, they really enjoy working together, admire each other's professional skills. You know, it, it doesn't seem, and Saros is so young. He's really, yeah. most goalies aren't even in the NHL at that age. Um, so I don't think, I don't think that it's a case of, you know, one goalie trying to push the other out mm-hmm. or, I mean, Rena is 36 at this yeah. point. So he's, He's not, he's had, you know, we'd love to keep him for as long as he's able to stay and willing to stay, Um, but it's not, it's not a case of his only having a couple of years in the NHL and feeling like there's someone who is uh, threatening him because it doesn't, I don't think anyone sees it that way. He, everyone, everyone in Nashville, everyone as a Preds fan, regardless of whether or not they're in Nashville, you know, we, we'd like Grenada to stick around as long as he can. He's just really, really beloved in the city and by the fans. And at the same time, you know, unfortunately, he's not immortal. He's not going to keep playing at this level forever. Um, So at some point, you know, I I do think that they are going to have to move on. Yeah. I don't think that anyone's in any rush. He did just sign a two-year extension mm-hmm. earlier this year. And I think that they want to make the... I think they want to give him the starting... You know, keep giving him starts for as long as they can. And they also want to make sure that the transition is smooth for Saras.
1: Okay, so, yeah, so it's more of a situation where... You don't think that Poyle is going to try to move him for assets given that he's such a valuable one. Instead, they're going to just kind of use him sort of to usher in the next generation of goaltending for the team and then kind of let him move on at that point.
0: I you know, I don't want to say that I don't think David Poyle would ever trade someone because I I wouldn't have Guessed that he would have traded Shea Weber, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, But you know, if even even more than Weber, really, if there's anyone that I do think is just in some ways really synonymous with the team almost okay. at this point, it would be Renee. I I don't know if they, I mean, obviously, if a really fantastic deal came along, why not go for it?
1: Yeah, it worked out pretty well for you guys. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like I said, it's for exactly that reason. It's not something that I want to say he'd never do. But I don't think it's something that he's looking to do. Okay. I, I have the impression and, you know, I, I really never try to predict what David Boyle is going to do. But I have the impression that he would be fairly happy to let Renee retire as a pred if that's, if that's what he wants to do.
1: So, speaking of trades, um, obviously, the Predators are always in the Stanley Cup conversation, but they have not yet gotten themselves all the way to the top of the mountain. Um, And David Poyle, I think, is one of, if not the arguably best general managers in the league. Um, I think he makes great signings. He's obviously that Weber trade, like we just talked about, was amazing. He tends not to make a lot of big, glaring, like Andrew McDonald-sized errors. So... (laughs) Um, I'm wondering what you think, like if you were him, what is like the piece that you think this team needs to acquire to finally get themselves over the hump?
0: They really need another forward. Um, I I would say a scoring winger. Um, The problem is that I've been saying they need one more forward since before they traded for Ryan Johansson. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so they need one more forward and they went and traded for ryan johansson well, they, they just need one more forward and they went and traded for kyle turris and they still need one more forward so i don't know how many more forwards they actually need but they definitely they need more reliable offense if they'd had you know if they'd had turris in 2017 we I think they probably would have been able to beat the Penguins that series because that, that series was weird, but you know, they, they really were that year, they were one forward away from the cup. Um, And I think that there's still, the offense is still missing something. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that the St. Louis blues are uh, rumored to be selling everything. That's not nailed down.
1: Yes. I Um,
0: Vladimir Tarasenko is, not unavailable. Um wow. so if you wanted a specific person, not just a concept, but a specific person, <laughs> I I would say I would look into who or what the blues might want for Tarasenko. And unless, you know, if they want Saros, obviously that's not gonna work. Yeah, right. um, but other than that, you know, there's there's very little that I think that the Preds should not at this point trade, you know, Rena is not going to be playing forever. And I I'd really love to see them get him a cup.
1: Yeah. And, yeah.
0: you know, also, even, even if it were a defender that the blues wanted, I don't I don't think that's what they need at this point. Looking at the Preds defense core, the ages of the Preds defense core, the make makeup of the Blues team. But there's also the fact that. Seattle is coming and the Preds are not going to be able to keep going through expansion drafts without either losing a defender in the draft, losing a defender through a trade in order to get a forward, or just completely screwing up their team by just protecting four and four and leaving good forwards exposed while trying to protect the defense core. And, you know, I I do think as much as I hate to say it, I do think there's a point where you probably don't need all of those defenders.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty stacked back there. You would think that you could probably lose one of them for a Tarasenko and be just fine. <laughs> but they're all so much fun to watch. They really are. I mean, I, yeah, I yeah. I don't know the concept of having a six man deep defense core. Is very foreign to me so I (laughs) relate too much but it seems like in theory it would be a very fun thing to enjoy
0: (laughs) it it is
1: yeah so okay now I'm gonna get to my standard questions that I ask everyone because I personally think they are fun and I don't care what anybody else thinks Um, I like to ask for a player that you think Flyers fans may not have heard of or may not be aware is actually good that flies under the radar a bit, but that you might think will make an impact in the game.
0: Well, normally, you know, looking at the last couple of weeks, um, normally at this point, I would have said, you know, Colton Sissons has been getting things done. Well, there's a pretty good chance that Colton Sissons won't be playing. Yeah uh, like I said, at the time that we're recording this, we haven't actually gotten an update from the team, and they will probably hold off giving us useful information as long as possible. Because the Nashville Predators don't like disclosing anything about injuries. Oh um, I know all that is. <laughs> they they um, they'll go, oh yes, this player is day-to-day for as long as possible, or just he's out, we're not giving you a timeline. It's upper body, it's lower body. At some point they're going to tell us it's a body
1: injury. <laughs> <laughs> Something on his body is in fact injured.
0: Um, but you know, Eve. Maybe he got really lucky and it's not damaged, maybe he's fine. Um, So if he's playing, Colton Sissons might surprise us. Um, Ryan Hartman has been pretty good. Um, He hasn't been showing up on the score sheet as much. He hasn't been as reliable in terms of goals, but he's been trying over the last couple of weeks um, which, which has been nice to see from the offense. Um, and then as far as the defense core go, um, Matthias Ekholm gets pretty underrated because he doesn't tend to put up the point totals. Uh, he has been doing that this season. He's, he's been scoring and he's, he's very, very good defensively and he's surprising offensively. Um, I, I am surprised that he doesn't score more because he does help generate stuff and he does do the, uh, the Swedish positionless hockey just <laughs> go in there like a forward and make chances. Yep. From
1: time to time. That's always fun to watch. Yeah. So are there any members of the Flyers organization that you enjoy watching when our teams play each other?
0: Um, I have, unfortunately, I have not actually caught any Flyers games so far this season. This one's going to be my first. Oh, you've missed nothing so far. <laughs> I hear that I've missed all kinds of, um, exciting new varieties of heartbreak
1: (laughs) (laughs) true they have found about a million ways to disappoint us so it's been that's what I've heard yeah
0: um so this is you know I've heard that this year he's not having a good season but the the previous two years I have really really enjoyed watching Ivan Mm Krovarov. yeah um like I said I I hear that maybe this season not so much but in the past that's been one of the one of the best parts of watching games against the flyers has been getting to watch proviral doing his thing.
1: Yeah, he he made some comments when dave Hacksaw was fired that seemed to suggest that perhaps he did not like him very much. So, I think we're all kind of hoping that now that that whole all of this drama is over, we'll see him kind of turn things around a little bit. That's the hope at least because We've said it a million times at Broad Street Hockey. We need Ivan Provorov to be a number one defenseman if we have any hope of this team being anything successful. So we just need him to get back to where he was last season, and I think that he will. There's no reason to believe that he won't. But, yeah, he's definitely fun to watch. It's a good pick. And finally, the last question I have for you, is to give me a shot in the dark, no defense needed prediction for this game, how it's going to end up.
0: See, I feel very strongly like one fan base is going to be surprised and disappointed at the end of the game. Hmm. But I'm I'm really, I'm not sure which. Um, you know, the Flyers have found ways to snatch, uh, defeat from the jaws of victory, but so have the Preds. <laughs> um, I, I feel like the score is going to flip-flop in the last couple minutes, ah. but I don't know... I don't know which team is gonna give up the lead and end up losing.
1: Oh, this sounds like it's going to give me a headache. <laughs> but that's you know
0: that's... I, I should have just picked some numbers and given you a final score. I, I... went back and forth all all day. You know, is yeah. it gonna be a blowout? Is it gonna be is one team going to try to make a comeback and fail? No, no, I think it's gonna be one of those games where something just goes really weird at the end.
1: Mm, those are always extra frustrating depending i guess depending on which way it ends up yeah if, it goes, if the weird thing goes for your team it's like exciting and fun if it goes against your team it's horrible and frustrating because hockey yep is designed Hockey is suffering really insane yeah um i will just go ahead and throw numbers out there because that's what i do and as a result i have gotten exactly one of these right so far this season so i'm gonna go with i feel like maybe the flyers are going to be able to build a little something off of beating a very bad Detroit Red Wings team. And I'm going to say, mm, I'm going to say 4 2 Flyers. All right. Going with no basis for that score, but I'm sticking with it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. Go. All right. So we have the Nashville Predators in Philadelphia tonight, when you are hearing this tomorrow while we are recording it at uh, 7 p.m. If you are going to the game, be sure to stop by the Ed Snyder Youth Hockey Foundation table on the concourse. Broad Street Hockey Radio will be there to play some games with you guys, do some giveaways. It'll be a very good time. It's apparently Authentic Fan Night. I don't really know what that means. I didn't really know there were inauthentic ones, but here we are. I feel
0: like if you're going to a hockey game, you're an authentic fan. fan. I mean, even people who don't go to hockey games can be authentic fans. But I think if you're going to all the trouble of actually going to the game...
1: Yeah, you've bought a ticket, you're paying $20 for parking, it's really cold out, you have to carry your coat around, it's like a whole thing. You're definitely an authentic fan if you're at the game tomorrow night, so stop by and see us. Kate, again, from On the 4 Check, check out their blog if you want to learn a little bit about the Nashville Predators. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank good you for having me. You're welcome. Let's go Flyers! Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more.
0: Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast Feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball.
1: Mostly.